past two years have been tough on people in the world dealt with the coronavirus pandemic. Regardless of what you may think about how the world reacted to the virus, the pandemic has resulted in people experiencing anxiety and depression being at an all-time high. I know that I have seen an increase within my own personal sphere of friends and families, and this has probably triggered a number of other individuals that may be dealing with uh, and even bringing back suppressed pains that they may not have resolved. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Salen, and I thank you for joining us today on this program. And we have Rod Rest with us, the founder and director of Christ Center Solutions. He's with me today on the program, and we will be talking about issues people face every day and what can be done through biblical counseling. Welcome, Rod. I appreciate you being with me on the program. Thank you, Mike. It's my pleasure. Uh, I've looked forward to our conversation today. Uh, so, yeah, I have too, really. Uh, I know that uh, you and I met several months ago, and and uh, and I recently in a meeting where you shared a lot about your experience and your testimony of dealing with issues in your life and how God has used that to, in your ministry or to bring you to the ministry that you're in now. And I couldn't help to think as you were sharing about all the men that I have opportunities to speak with. And I wonder how many of them are experiencing the same and basically keeping them bottled up inside of them. Uh, you know, uh, I'd have to ask you do, you, do you find that could be true? And, and, and that can't be good for them, both the emotionally and relationship and even with their spiritual growth. What, what, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and I do find that men, unlike women, women, um, they, in, in their development, they learn to talk together as little girls and they share things. But men, as, as men, we don't really have that opportunity. We're not encouraged to, or at least we weren't uh, when I was growing up, uh, because that just wasn't the manly thing to do. And uh, <laughs> no. you were supposed to suck it up and, oh, yeah. and uh, be the tough guy. But today, I do find a lot of men who are carrying so much emotionally and spiritually, mentally, uh, that they're on the verge of just breaking. And the way they break can be a variety of ways, and usually it's not good. Usually it leads to self-destruction oftentimes. And, and I say that not just because I deal with men uh, that are struggling in so many areas and, and about to break, but I was one of them. I, I am the man mm. and um, been there numerous times uh, in my lifetime. And um, a few years ago, I reached a point where it was, it was just flooding over into other areas of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, every man's different. Every man experiences different things in their life. And, and uh, even me, when I was looking back and uh, some college courses, while well, I was taking some college courses, specifically dealing with psychology and so forth, that and, and, and social social courses, um, I realized that probably I could have dealt with some good counseling because of the events of my young life, going dealing with bullies and and uh, the loss of my dad and just a lot of things that just really affected me tremendously. But I didn't get that. I didn't get that kind of training. So I, I was behind the eight ball felt like so many times. And I think a lot of men are probably dealing with that and they just don't want to come forward and say, Hey, I need help. Yeah. When to be vulnerable and open ourselves up, that's just not 
what we are taught as young men. And um, so we, we carry a lot inside of us. And um, I, I agree. We're, we would all benefit, I believe, Mike, from some counseling, biblical counseling, coaching. Uh, we, we can call it several things, but really what it comes down to is we need other men in our lives to communicate with and to share these things with that we can be honest and we don't have to, to worry about being condemned. Um, and, and I use that word rather than judging um, because we all judge. And actually the scriptures have some pretty interesting things to teach about judging. But uh, I think we're more concerned with other people condemning us for our mm. thoughts, our feelings, mm-hmm. um, past actions, and those type of things. Yeah. Well, for our listening audience, I want to share uh, your bio a little bit for us so they can know, know who you are and where you're coming from. And as we continue on with our discussion here with Rod, uh, Rod West with uh, uh, Christ Center Solutions, but Rod is the founder uh, and director of biblical, biblical counseling of, of Christ Center Solutions. And before founding uh, CCS, he served in pastoral ministry for 30 years in both North and South Carolina. In the mid-2000s, he also worked with the North Carolina Baptist State Convention as a church planner. Rod and his wife, Teresa, have been married for 39 years, come this June, and have two adult sons and one daughter-in-law and a service dog named Luna. After graduating from Liberty University and prior to entering full-time ministry, Rod worked as a behavioral counselor and social worker in the North Carolina mental health system, serving children with severe behavior and emotional issues. While at Liberty, he also played collegiate football for the Flames, and Rod holds several degrees, including a BS in clinical psychology and doctor and a doctor of biblical studies. He is a member of the American Association of Christian Counselors with the Advanced Certification in Biblical Counseling. In addition, he has written a book entitled Marriage and the Family from a Biblical Worldview. Rod, I know as a pastor, uh, you served as a pastor a number of years, you probably saw a lot of your uh, congregants uh, really dealing with a lot of issues that uh, they could they could uh, could uh, uh, use the services of someone like yourself that's had this training, and and uh, and and how does that reflect with their spiritual development? Um, well, another good question there. Um, in in the churches that I served, um, most of them were churches that were either struggling for one reason or another, it might've been a split or whatever. But oftentimes what I, what I found Mike is that I was following pastors who were struggling themselves. I'm, I'm going to get to your, to do your question. Just okay. Second. That's fine. That's fine. But I was following pastors that often left that uh, pulpit for lack of a better term, in a mess because of their own things and demons that they were dealing with. And so there were unhealthy pastors in the pulpit and there were unhealthy congregants in the pew. Right. And, and so oftentimes I find that they were feeding off of each other. Mm. And so to get to your question, um, it's not just the people in the pew, but the man behind the pulpit. 
And a lot of times those issues from infidelity, uh, alcohol and drug abuse, mm -hmm. uh, other forms of abuse, domestic mm -hmm. abuse and those type of things, it, it does impact the individual um, and it often uh, delays or, for the lack of a better term, retards spiritual development. Um, simply because we become so wrapped up in our issues, in our sins and the sins of others, what has been done to us or ever how we're trying to deal with it, things that we turn to, um, it, it just really hurts our, our spiritual life oftentimes until we come to a place of brokenness and surrender. Um, looking for answers and just being honest with those that we're seeking help from. I, I hope that answered your question long way around. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, you know, we, we understand that sometimes uh, you know, what we have, at least I do, that sometimes uh, just coming to Christ, you know, he is the answer to a lot of our issues and our problems. But sometimes we, we need to allow him to put people like yourself into our lives to help us work through those issues and understand why they occurred and, and how we can grow from them or through them. And yeah, I, I really think that's the key. It's, uh, it's going back through those issues. You, you have to deal with them head on. And well, one of the uh, passages that I use when I'm sharing with the church uh, where we find biblical counseling in the scriptures is when Jesus is dealing with Peter uh, there in John 21. Mm -hmm. And um, when Jesus is questioning Peter after breakfast, right? And he is taking Peter back to that experience where he failed him, uh, where he sinned. And um, he's he's not letting Peter off the hook. He's, yeah. he's taking him back through that right. And, right. and bringing healing to his life. Mm. Yeah. It, it, Sometimes we, we do have to have to deal with that because and if you don't deal with it, they'll linger with you forever. I mean, I can I joke a lot of times about uh, some of my little any in, any in, uh, of so to speak of my life because you know uh, sometimes like I tell people I said I don't like people being standing behind me. You know I don't like people walking up behind me and and looking over my shoulder of what I'm doing and I not know they're there. And that really I, I, you know I've learned that that stemmed from the my young days as a as a young elementary kid being bullied a lot you never know what's happening and that's that's just rolled right over into my adult life and of course as i've grown older and learned that I've, I've been able to work through that and understand it but but so many of us have those little things like that in our lives that we don't understand why we do it and and uh and it's it's interesting how it can affect us in our adulthood yeah, those, I, and I can identify with some of those idiosyncrasies and uh, things that we do because uh, I still do them myself and I realize where they come from, um, most of them anyway. And um, yeah, so we, we carry them with us. They impact us for, for our lives. Yeah. Well, Rod, I know that uh, the last time you and I were together, you were sharing your testimony to a group of us about... Uh, uh, how God walked you through your your uh, 
some of the issues in your life and brought you into the ministry you're in now. And I, 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 you know, I have a couple of questions. I always purposefully ask all my guests, but I want to kind of reverse that question a little bit, those questions a little bit, uh, which one I asked first. And I want you to share with uh, our listening audience, if you don't mind, how did you recognize your need to Christ and how did God orchestrate? And I know this could be a long answer. I really recognize that, but how did he, you recognize your need for Christ and how did he orchestrate those things in your young life to bring you to him? Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to try to give you a shorter version. But, yeah. We only got so many minutes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I do appreciate the opportunity to share my, my testimony with your listeners. And um, so we go back. I was actually 10 years old. My um, oldest sister and I were living with my father and um, following a divorce. And that's during the time in the 70s when the bus ministry was just really taking off. And uh, you had folks knocking on doors from churches and inviting kids to church and picking them up and taking them back home. And and so it was uh, during that time when two men from Friendship Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, knocked on our door. Uh, we were living in a trailer park uh, right outside Raleigh. And they invited us to church. And as we uh, got up the next morning and we were excited about going, or at least I was, my sister was too, I think, just so we could get out of that oppressive environment that we were in. Um, we, we were not in a good place. Um, we were not in a safe place. But let me shift back now why we were there and how I ended up coming to Christ at such a young age. But um, my mother and father, I'm, I'm the third of four children. And uh, between the ages of five to seven, uh, our home was just a mess. Um, my mother was an alcoholic. Uh, she has now passed. My father, um, well, he cheated on my mom a lot. Uh, he was with a lot of women. And so that's where a lot of the issues came. She would turn to alcohol. He would turn to women. And um, I watched uh, the violence of my mother against my father, against my sister and myself. Um, it was it was abusive and it was scary. Um, one night it kind of hit, uh, came to a head. I watched my mom uh, try to kill my dad. Uh, she took a, a knife out of the kitchen and went after him. And um, I don't. All I can imagine is that it was a, a drunken rage. Uh, it wasn't long after that that uh, my sister, my oldest sister and I were given the opportunity. We were asked by a judge who we wanted to live with. Um, and our dad was a workaholic. He was gone a lot. He was with these other women. and But it was either that or stay with an unbalanced mother and um, who just, uh, she just didn't show a whole lot of mothering, we could say. And so we chose our dad. 
our youngest sister, uh, she was only about 18 months old at the time. And she had no choice. Our older brother was gone. He was, he left home. And so that takes us to the trailer park and heading to Friendship Baptist Church there in Raleigh. Um, as I was sitting in the pew mic, I, I was about three rows back and, and I listened to this pastor passionately preach about Christ and, and what a difference that Christ could make in a life. And uh, he gave an invitation. And that morning, it was like I, I just couldn't sit still. I jumped up and I went forward. And the two men who had picked us up, one of them took me to the side. There was a pew on the side of the, the sanctuary, and he sat down and he took me through the scriptures. And I now, as a pastor, know that that was the Roman road that he took me through. And, and he talked about, the pastor talked about having a better life. And, and that's what I wanted. I wanted a better life. Um, because the life that I had, just as I tell people in today's vernacular, it sucked. Yeah. And <laughs> so I, I wanted this better life. He took me through the scriptures. I went back that night. They picked us up. I was baptized. And I thought, man, everything's going to be better now. Um, but it wasn't. My mother uh, married a man who was also an alcoholic, and he was very violent himself. And uh, there's some stories about his past that uh, even involve murder. And my dad, a little later, married a younger woman who wasn't an alcoholic, but she was quite vicious. Um, so I was forced to spend time with my mother on, on weekends and sometimes during breaks. And it was during one of these times that I had um, offended, aggravated, made angry my stepfather. And he walked into the bedroom where I was uh, sleeping and, and he raped me. Um, it was from that point that I did everything I could to stay away. I remember uh, arguments and fights and trying to get between my stepfather uh, and my mother, um, trying to protect her um, out of love, um, trying to protect a woman that I don't think ever actually loved me. Right. Um, and there were times I would leave the home and sleep in the woods or sleep at a neighbor's house just to get away. Um, and then on the other hand, living with uh, my father and his new wife, um, she was she was a piece of work. Um, <laughs> she was, uh, once he was gone and working a lot, um, she pulled me aside and, and let me know just how things were going to, to operate in her home. And make a long story short, um, she did several things. One, she routinely beat me when she got upset. Uh, these were not spankings. These were beatings uh, with different objects, uh, slaps, fists closed, all kinds of things. There were times where I was, um, and I was always asked to strip when she was, when the, when the whooping was going to come. Mm. But there were times where the beatings were so bad, I, I couldn't sleep on my back um, wow. because of the injuries. 
gracious, gracious. Yeah. And um, she withheld things. She withheld food. She withheld other things that I needed. Um, but the probably the worst thing that she did was that she uh, essentially sold me out to uh, a man who would pick me up twice a week and he too would rape me for the next three years. Um, so I was, I was a pretty angry kid uh, yeah, by the time I, I hit yeah. I can see that. I can, I can imagine uh, how I would react to something, something like that. So, yeah, I was. Um, I, but something happened, and I stood up to her one day, and I realized she's scared of me. And I realized my, you know, I was going through puberty, and I, I'm still a, a pretty big fella. I'm not like I was, but um, I, I stood up to her and. I never went back. I never got in that car again uh, mm. to go with this gentleman. And um, it wasn't long. It was a few years after that, that about the age of 16, um, I was sleeping in different friends' homes. And at my oldest sister, she she had her own issues, but I would crash at her place. And I would simply... Uh, go home to do laundry and those kind of things. And then I'd leave again. Right. Um, and so it was, um, it, it was quite an experience, but, but God intervened. Um, I, even though my life didn't get better, I didn't have that better life that that pastor was speaking about. Right. God did send some wonderful people into my life. Um, and so, I, as a side note, let me just say, I, I heard one of your, I think it was your last guest, he, he talked about suicide yeah. and suicide prevention. And um, as a kid, I, I thought a lot about suicide. Mm -hmm. And even in, into my adult years, um, when stressors were overwhelming, the, the ideation, the suicidal ideation, uh, would come back often, and um, it was it had been a constant struggle up until just a few years ago. Yeah, well, well, I can I can sense, uh, especially after you were talking about my my interview with Dennis Gillen uh, about three weeks ago, I think it was, and we were talking about suicide prevention. But I can I can see um, where going through something like that, that people, especially young people. Um, would get that sense of trying to figure out a way to get out of where they're at. And the only way they can, can valuably convince themselves is through suicide. And, uh, and that, and that's a dangerous road to go, go down. If you don't have somebody to come into your life that can speak, um, truth into your life and, and show God never promises a rose garden. We know that you understand that, but he did promise right. us to, to help us to work through whatever's going on in our lives and be there for us. Well, Rod, I, I, through all that you've been through and what you're doing now, what would you classify? And, and kind of, I kind of like to ask this question, but at the same time, I know it could be kind of different for everybody. 
but uh, because many of us could have many different verses that we really hang our hat on, so to speak, in our life. But what would you classify maybe your your, your favorite verse or a verse that you use to, uh, that God has used to really impress upon you the ministry that you're at now? Sure. What would that verse be? Well, there, there's actually a couple of verses, but uh, years ago I adopted Philippians 1.6 as my life verse. I, mm. I love the little book of Philippians, the, mm -hmm. that letter. But uh, when Paul said in the beginning to those folks at Philippi, um, as he was addressing them, he said, um, essentially, now it just went right out of my head, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad. It happens to me all the time. I, call, I think I think I call that AGE, that AGE yeah, disease. It, it is. <laughs> but what what he said was um, that he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Right. And I know that if anything good comes from my life and my experience mm -hmm. uh, or experiences, it's because. God has willed it, and it is God who is working in me and through me. I, I look at myself and my life and ministry as his conduit. Um, and so it's, I, I realize that, like you said, your verse was Romans 8, 28, uh, when we were praying earlier. But um, I realize that it is God um, who works all things together. Uh, for Amen. his good, for those who are called to his purpose. And so uh, Philippians 1, 6 is is along the same lines for me. Yeah. Well, that's good. That, that's interesting. And, and I appreciate you sharing that. That God, God's used all his verses, all his verses in, in the word of God is true. They're accurate and they're spot on with what we need. And every one of them will minister to somebody in some way and speak into their lives. And so that's the reason why I like to ask that question is because I know every one of us, God's, God has pointed us in a particular area of his word to speak uh, truth into our lives and for us to hold on to as he uses us in his will to uh, to accomplish his will. So anyway, thank you for sharing that. We're talking to Rod Rez, the founder and director of Christ Center Solutions. And we're going to take a break, one, uh, break here right now. And we will be back to talk to him some more about Christ-Centered Solutions. Stay tuned. You're listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Salen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to these podcasts. If you're interested in knowing more about me and what I have learned over the years working with men, check out my book, The Call, A Journey into Men's Ministry. You can find the book on Amazon.com or on BarnesandNoble.com. Check out the website, CapeFearMen.net. You'll find many recommended resources to help you and the men in your church grow in Christ. You can also follow my blog and discover events Cape Fear Men will be hosting throughout the year. You can even schedule a time to talk with me about your men's ministry or developing a mentoring relationship. If you enjoy these programs, I would ask you to do two things. One, share this program with your friend. And two, consider helping to keep these broadcasts coming to you by giving to Cape Fear Men. You can give by going to capefearmen.net and click on the Give to Cape Fear Men button at the top of the page. Thank you in advance for your donation. Now, back to the program with this week's guests. All right, welcome back to Intentional Conversations with Mike Sandlin. We're talking to Rod West of Christ-Centered Solutions, and he's been sharing his testimony a little bit about 
uh, how he came to Christ. And we've been talking just generally and how men need to have uh, probably people in their lives, other men in their lives who can help them work through issues and difficulties that they have struggled with uh, over their years. But I want to turn our focus a little bit now towards the ministry of Christ Center Solutions. And, and Rod, I'm just going to throw the question out to you. What is the ministry of Christ Center Solutions and what is its focus? Okay, thank you. Well, we are a biblical counseling and coaching ministry. And we actually have four focal areas uh, where, uh, from a ministry standpoint. And one, obviously, is biblical counseling. And that, that ministry is rooted in the scriptures. Um, Christ-centered gives that away. Uh, his word is really, if you want to say, if it's a philosophy, uh, the, the Christian philosophy is the one that we follow. It's the worldview. And we believe that the scriptures hold the answers to the questions and the, the things that we suffer with in this life. And so we, we do biblical counseling one-on-one uh, -on -one with couples, uh, with families, face-to-face uh, -face and online. The second thing we do is so, uh, what we call soul care training. Uh, where we go into churches and help pastors help their congregations. Uh, there are people in our congregations, Mike, who have the gift of shepherding. Yeah. And we want to uh, help bring that out and, and mold that, it. Let me bit. interrupt you. You say the gift of shepherding. Is that similar to or different or coming alongside their pastor because pastors are shepherds and supposed to be shepherds themselves. That's right. Yeah. No, it's to come alongside them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's to aid them with their congregation because many of the congregations that we are looking to help are those smaller to medium sized congregations. Uh, most congregations in America, as you probably know, are under a hundred members. Yeah. Uh, and most of those churches are led by a single pastor. Uh, he may have some elders. He may have deacons. Uh, he has volunteers. He might even have a part-time staff that does bulletins and those type of things. Mm -hmm. uh, but we want to come alongside those pastors and help train some of their people to take some of these soul care needs off of them. Um, Jay Adams, uh, who you uh, that name may ring a bell, talked about nuthetic counseling. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a book uh, called Competent to Counsel years ago. And um, there have been some changes in biblical counseling, but Jay, Jay Adams, I think, was on the right track. And that as followers of Christ, we should be competent to counsel, and we should be because we are in his word. And so we want to come alongside these pastors and help them uh, train their, those members who have the gift of shepherding on uh, how to deal with grieving. Um, we do a, a series on the basics of biblical counseling. Uh, we do a workshop. My wife helps me with this one. It's called I Still Do mm. the Seasons of Marriage. I'm, I'm getting ready to lead one of those down at Loris First Baptist next month. Um, I talk about uh, a group for men, men of integrity and, and rising to the challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about uh, training our people to think like Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some really good resources out there that we use for that. And so that soul care training is that, that second area. 
it's the third area that really um, captures my heart. And, and I call it pastor coaching and church consultation, but uh, because some pastors don't like the idea of getting counseling themselves, but they'll, they'll receive coaching. Right. Right. And so um, I, I've set up a, a program for these pastors where uh, for a 10 week period, we will meet two hours a week and we will work on a variety of things uh, in their ministry, but really we're focusing on their personal life and, and their personal holiness. Um, and so I'm, I'm there to, to coach them up, to listen to them, but also a lot of times it, it does turn into a counseling session. And, and pastors and pastor's wives are, are always welcomed in our ministry and there's never a cost for them. Uh, we're a donation-based ministry, and so we we want to take care of these pastors who take care of us. Um, the The fourth area is simply the pulpit ministry. It's where I come in. Um, I may fill the pulpit for a pastor who just needs a vacation. Um, I share my testimony, or I share about the ministry of Christ-centered solutions. Um, we want to help these smaller churches and these pastors of these smaller churches because oftentimes they get left out. Um, I, I remember, Mike, years ago when I was first starting in the ministry, and and I was pretty rough. I, I just needed practice, right? right. and right. I needed time in the pulpit. And I remember these men, we were living up in the western part of North Carolina, and I remember men in these pulpits of these smaller churches inviting me to their church, um, <laughs> just giving me an opportunity and mentoring me in a way. And, and I made a promise to myself and to God years ago that when I had an opportunity to help some of these men uh, that would come my way, I wanted to do that. And so right. I did that when I was in the pulpit ministry and I want to do that now, but just from the other side. Right. So that's that's Christ Center Solutions in a nutshell. Well, I tell you, you got a lot going on there. <laughs> and and is it just you and your wife, or do you have a, a any kind of a staff or anything like that working with you? Yeah, I have some volunteers. I uh, it's my wife helps a lot. Uh, my my wife is Teresa, and uh, mm. she's got an interesting story herself. But uh, she helps. Um, there's another pastor in Wendell, North Carolina, right, right outside Raleigh. He's a retired pastor, and he's doing some biblical counseling for Christ-Centered Solutions. Um, I have a um, ministry assistant down in North Charleston who makes phone calls and does some things for setting up some uh, dates to speak and those type of things. And then we also have uh, she her plate is full right now, but we also have a female counselor that she's not taking new clients right now. But when she does, uh, she's in pretty hot demand uh, mm -hmm. simply because we like to put women with women. Sure, I understand. So, what's the difference between biblical counseling and, I guess, other forms of counseling that people may seek? Yeah. Um, well, biblical counseling 
we focus um, our attention. We draw everything from the Word of God. That the Word of God is our foundation. Christ uh, is our leader, and so we want to draw. We believe that the Scriptures hold the answers that we need for this life. Right. Now, and now that doesn't mean if someone is is dealing with schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, those are neurological disorders. And, and I get that question sometimes, how does biblical counseling uh, work with that? Because we, we can't uh, get rid of neurological issues. What we do, though, is from a biblical counseling standpoint is to help people learn how to live with their bipolar disorder or these other mental issues that are neurological. But that's biblical counseling. Other forms of counseling Secular counseling is normally what I call it, uh, is one area. Uh, they, they also have a worldview or a foundation that they work from, and they're various forms, but they are all humanistic. Mm, um, yeah. they, are, they are all man-centered, not Christ-centered. Mm. And biblical counseling is different from Christian counseling oftentimes because Christian counseling, uh, there's a continuum, and it's a wide continuum, and it depends on where that particular counselor falls on that counseling line. Uh, some consider themselves Christian counselors because they pray for their clients. Uh, they may open in prayer. They may close in prayer. Some may consider themselves Christian counselors simply because they are a member of a church and they, they attend regularly, but yet they operate from one of those those humanistic uh, worldviews. Uh, then you have Christian counselors who look very much like biblical counselors, and they are licensed professionals like these others. Um, that's one area also where biblical counseling is different. We are not governed by the state. Uh, we want to maintain uh, a separation of church and state because we don't believe it's right for the government to tell us how we can operate uh, to help someone. And what I'm thinking about is some laws that have gone into effect in Canada, laws in, in some of our states like California and New York, like reparative therapy, uh, essentially telling a homosexual that they can change. Uh, the Apostle Paul clearly points that out oh, in yes. the book of First Corinthians. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so... The uh, states do not govern us, so we are not licensed by the state. We do not accept insurance. We operate purely by donation, and um, we think that's the way to go. And uh, going back to who I mentioned earlier, Jay Adams, that was one of those things that he saw that needed to be done. And um, it, it's been a battle in some states. Um, John MacArthur, Dr. MacArthur, and... Master Seminary had some issues, some run-ins with the state of California a few years ago, and praise God, they they won that battle. Um, but uh, I I want to stick with what I know is true, and that's the Word of God. Amen, amen. Well, let me ask you this: I know you're talking about um, uh, 
speaking with your with your clientele, we'll call them. Uh, yes, do they have to come to your office? Uh, do they have to do a face to face meeting, or uh, do you do any kind of counseling where you know somebody may be in a different city or state or something like that, and you have to do it through a virtual main platform? Uh, what's the process there? I mean, you know, I don't obviously I don't want you to divulge any 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 <laughs> any system of information, but how can right. how can how can you how can you you connect with individuals to right. Well, I've, uh, we, we do have meetings virtually uh, online. Um, we have an office, our main office is in North Charleston, South Carolina. We are officed at Holmes Avenue Baptist Church mm -hmm. uh, in North Charleston. Um, but I also have an office in Wilmington. Uh, we have an office now at Hampstead Baptist Church where I'm up there two days a month. Uh, we have the office in Wilmington uh, or in uh, Wendell, North Carolina. And so we do see people face to face. I, I think that's the best way uh, to meet the needs of our, our people, our brothers and sisters. But we also do online. Um, I've worked with people, Mike, as far away as Oregon. Wow. Um, and so it's, it's kind of interesting how they come to us. Um, one of the, organizations that we partner with is dare to be different and love and respect. And so one, one of the things that we offer is their marriage mentoring program where we go in for a weekend and uh, the pastor might identify some folks that he wants to be mentors in his church. And so we do a training and then we do follow up with them uh, on an as needed basis. So we we stay pretty busy. I, I see about wow. half my people online. Wow. We, for lack of a better term, I call them clients, but really they're most of them are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And yeah, I'm I'm simply a pastor to one person at a time. Amen. That happens. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I, I'm glad to hear you refer to them as brothers and sisters in Christ and clientele just kind of makes it a little bit more professional or so to speak, but you really are wanting to, to pour your life into them and help them to, to work through whatever's going on in their lives so they can uh, become the men and women God created them to be and be able to, to uh, spread his gospel throughout this world. And that's Absolutely. great. Rod, how can they get up with you? How can our listening audience, if they want to find out more and talk to you, maybe set up a time to, to uh, have a session with you, how can they get up with you? Sure. There, well, there's several ways. Um, one, they can go to our website at ChristCenteredSolutions.org, um, and there's a uh, t there's a couple of tabs on there. They can set an appointment online that works with their time. Um, they can also click the connect button. And it has our phone numbers there. We have a number in South Carolina, 843-829-0970. Uh, and we have a number here in North Carolina, 910-399-6714. And lastly, they can always email me. Uh, and it's uh, simply rwest at christcenteredsolutions.org. Mm, that's super. And I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that could be benefit from, um, um, 
your expertise and your staff's expertise in, in ministering to them from a biblical perspective. That is something that is so needed in our world today because so many of our people are just trying to seek the secular worldview uh, solution to their issue. And they're not looking at the Bible does provide solutions to, to our day-to-day issues that we, that we walk through. Um, Rob, we're coming up on our time and, and I'd love to continue our conversation, but I want to give you, uh, a couple of minutes just to share whatever is on your heart to the our listening audience out there uh, that God has just laid on you as you minister to the people. So just, this, this is your time. Just share whatever you want to for the next couple of minutes. Okay. I appreciate that, Mike. Well, one, I want to encourage pastors and I want them to know that we're here to be a support and a help to them. And that they don't have to carry these these burdens all alone. Um, and oftentimes these pastors and their families, uh, as I mentioned uh, while we've been talking about how I struggled myself with suicidal ideation, I, I, want, I want your listeners to really focus in on this for one second. And that is, Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in America. In 2019, there were over 47,000, almost 48,000 suicides in America. 80% of those, right at 80%, are committed by men. But here's the thing. 69% of those suicides were were, uh, carried out by white men here in America. The second leading group of suicide is men 45 to 64. There, there's a gentleman uh, by the name of Chuck Hannaford. He's a clinical psychologist, and he did some work with the Southern Baptist Convention a few years ago. And what he found was that there was a increase, a continuous increase of evangelical pastors considering or committing suicide. Um, it, it is an epidemic. And if you're a church, just a, a regular church folk, and you're listening to this, please realize that 23% of pastors admit that they have some sort of mental issue. Uh, they're, they're struggling mentally, emotionally, spiritually with something. struggle with burnout, and 70% battle with depression. If if you care about your pastor and and you see him struggling, please, please get in touch with us. Encourage him to call us or someone like us um, because we are seeing men walk away from the ministry uh, in droves. I don't know if you realize this, but um, there was a study done not long ago that uh, men going through seminary, coming out to pastor, were out of the pastorate totally after five years. Wow. And and our churches need good men in the pulpit, um, good, healthy men. And we want to we be a part of that. Amen. Yeah, Thank you, Rod. I appreciate that. And it is important. I'll tell you one thing that uh, uh, I would stress to our listening audience as he, uh, Rod shares about our pastors and the struggles they go through. If you don't have 
a group of people who are praying for your pastor and your local body of believers, start with yourself and start doing it right now because those pastors need prayer as much, if not more, than anybody else in your congregation right now. A lot, a lot of times more so than those who are sick uh, in your churches. They need that prayer. They need to know there are people out there lifting them up and praying for them because they do struggle with a lot of issues themselves that you as a congregant will probably never know about because they are supposed to be strong and tall and, and a rock to shepherd you through through uh, through the church. And, and so lift up your pastors. I encourage you to do that uh, as you go forth and from this time forward. Rod, I thank you for joining us today, and I appreciate everything you share. You've got a lot of information out here, and I hope people will, will take you up on, uh, on reaching out to you. Amen. I, I hope they do too. That's Amen. why we're here. Well, if you, if you uh, missed it, um, we will put it on our show notes, but uh, the website for Christian, uh, excuse me, Christ Center Solutions is ChristCenterSolutions.org, or you can reach out to Rod himself at rwest at ChristCenterSolutions.org. And he did share a couple of phone numbers, and, and I'm going to make sure I have those right here, and we will put them on the uh, show notes so you can see them when you go out onto the website for Intentional Conversations with Mike Salmon to see the information about this uh, about this podcast. But, Rod, I thank you again. appreciate you, and God bless you on your ministry. And for those of you who are listening, we'll see you in the next time on Intentional Conversations with Mike Salmon. Thank you for listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Salmon. Intentional Conversations is a production of Cape Fear Men, a men's ministry coalition. Cape Fear Men is a 501c3 organization operating under Ministry Alliance. To learn more about Cape Fear Men and how Cape Fear Men can help you reach the men of your church, or if you want to know more about what we discuss with these programs, go to capefearmen.net. If you'd like to speak to me directly, email me at mike.sandlin at capefearmen.net. But for now, I will leave you with this blessing. I pray God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shade you. This is Mike Sandlin saying God bless, and I hope you will join me again on the next Intentional Conversation with Mike Sandlin.